Coming up on the CJOB Sports Show podcast, we'll hear from rising Canadian tennis star Gabriel Diallo in Winnipeg this week to compete in the National Bank Challenger Tournament at the new Tennis Manitoba Hub in West St. Paul. Winnipeg Sea Bears president Jason Smith looks back on what was a spectacular expansion season for the team on the court and especially in the stands. And we begin with a visit from Winnipeg Rifles coach Jordy Wilson, fresh off a season opening 20-16 to road win over the Edmonton Huskies in the Canadian Junior Football League. We're going to kick off the show uh, by talking about uh, a game that took place yesterday, uh, opening weekend in the Canadian Junior Football League. Uh, including for the Winnipeg Rifles. And head coach Jordy Wilson joins me now, one of my favorite people. Uh, coach Wilson, congratulations on a 20-16 to win over the Edmonton Huskies in foreign territory yesterday. Uh, uh, you described the game as hard fought. Uh, why? Well, thanks, Kelly. First of all, it was great to talk to you. Um, you know, it was hard fought in the sense that our guys really battled Right, I guess when the opening quarter, we were they came out. You know, it's their home opener. They're all firing up, and we kind of stemmed the tide there for a bit. They were, uh, you know, we were under siege for a bit, and then we just kept battling, and uh, we kept kind of just chopping away, chopping away, chopping away, and then we kind of really took the uh, took some momentum, and then you know we had a turnover in the third quarter that kind of really turned the tide back to them, and they scored off that, and we thought they. <laughs> we, we, you know, we, we thought everybody was under control with about a minute 50 left. We had the ball there, 25, was second and seven, and, and we fumbled. They picked the ball up and proceeded to run it back to our 35-yard line, and then we held on uh, kind of just at the end there, knocked the pass down in the end zone to, to win the game. And, yeah, so it was, uh, it was a battle all the way through. Well, I, I guess uh, so. You did it a little differently than the Blue Bombers did a couple of days earlier. You didn't fall behind sixteen nothing or twenty two nothing or anything no. like that. Then no, no, uh, we were. It was it was actually funny because the bus driver when they picked us up at the airport, he says, he, the I, the guy said to me, he says, it's too bad you guys aren't playing the Elks. You'd have a guaranteed win. Was, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, yeah, yeah, kicking them when they're down. But no, it was. Our guys, yeah, we took, we were down, you know, like, I don't know, I think it was like 3 nothing or something, and then it was 5-3, then we were up 19 to, I think it was 19-3 or 19-4, somewhere in that range. And then we just, uh, you know, we really had the game. At that point, we could have put them away, but that it's amazing, you know, in football, in particular, like how the pendulum swings, like on a turnover. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were rolling them, right? Like their, their D-line was getting pretty beat up, and we were running basically the ball at will at them, and we just converted a, you know, a third, and we had a quarterback keeper, and uh, went in there, and you know, we just unfortunately had a fumble, and then all of a sudden they got all jacked up, and our guys kind of were reeling a bit, and you know, we had to kind of stem the tide. But fortunately, <clears throat> we're a pretty resilient group because they've been around for a while now. This is an older team, and they just uh, kind of kept kept the kept the you know their steady mind and kept chugging along and got her done. So it was good. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, Coach, uh, about that. Uh, some of the lessons that were learned along the way, both the failures but also the successes. Yep. And, and you know, you can't help but go back to August 28th of last summer, Maple Grove Park, uh, mm-hmm. and you knock off the Saskatoon Hilltops yep. 19-16 to 16 for the first time since probably you were a little boy. But yep. <laughs> uh, yep. how, much, how much of what you learned – from a victory like that over an opponent like that played into how you were able to steady the ship when you needed to yesterday in Edmonton? 
Oh, I think for sure it does. Like, I mean, everybody knows this, you know, in your Volvo Sport, you can't buy experience, right? And, you, and when you go through it and you, you've been in that situation and you've, you build some resiliency to your to your game, right? Because you you go, I've been there, done that, and you know you can you know you can stem the tide and fight through it. So, without question, I mean that game because you're right. I mean we're holding on, you know, chewing on your knuckles at the end of that one, and and again the guys they stepped up then and they stepped up again yesterday. So, yeah, it was good. It was exciting. I mean our defense right now would be like the backbone of our team. Where mm-hmm. it would be like last year our offense was the better of the two groups um this year would be our defense and the thing is the offense is coming along but the defense is a veteran group and there's you know the interesting part is you know, we have certainly we have leaders but we have more leaders on our team now i think than we would have of non-leaders we'll call it that way i mean we have a lot of kids just because they've been around for a while and they understand what the standard is and what the expectations are and uh they hold each other accountable and i, I honestly you know a lot of the things in the off season, like we work uh with buck Pierce there, the OC with the Bombers, and, and Coach O'Shea and, and, and Richie. And, you know, we learn a lot of stuff from those guys, just mm-hmm. even how they deal with their guys and how they handle stuff. And, you know, you're around them, even talking to all the therapists with Al and Braden and those guys, and you, you kind of get a, a sense of how they deal with things and the kind of players they have and the character. And I think, you know, we're trying to emulate what they're doing, right? I mean, and, and uh, they're good examples for us, and, and our, our guys are kind of really buying into what we're doing. So hopefully good things are ahead. You know, I loved a clip that uh, I saw on social media. I think it would have been probably about a week and a half ago. You had uh, played your preseason game and you were addressing the team. And I think primarily the, the bubble guys, if you will, the guys that yeah. are just trying to, you know, get their footing uh, on special yeah. teams. And yeah. you said, you know what, the film's going to the film's gonna show the guys that are going to push and the guys that are going to get pushed. Did you get the reaction and the response from the players that you were looking for uh, from what I thought was a great, great chat for delivering a message that athletes not only want, but I think need to hear. Oh, yeah. No, we did. And I'm going to say, like, last week in the last, I would say in the last three years, so this group's been with us, a lot of them for three years and a lot of the new guys, but this is the best week of practice we've ever had. Like, we stacked three good practices together. The And honestly, we're trying to figure out, like, who those last, you know, three, four guys were going to be to be on the teams to, to go there. And the, and the big thing is, like, you know, you explain to them. Like, if you're a starter on offense, starter on defense, yeah, yeah, okay. But you can be a starter on special teams. It's just as important a role. And that's how you get, you know, you cut mm-hmm. your teeth. And that's how you get the experience to show us that you got what, you know, you show us your what you got. So that that way you can, you're one step closer to being on offense and defense, et cetera. So, Oh, no, we got the reaction we wanted. Like, yeah. that was the one thing yesterday that I was super – I mean, look, in football, no football coach or no hockey coach, no one's ever satisfied, right? I mean, you're coaching, you're never satisfied because we're always striving for perfection, which we all know is impossible, but we're never satisfied until we get there, and so we're never going to be satisfied. But you, I, I was extremely satisfied with the compete level of our guys. Like, they busted it yesterday. They laid it out there. So that part was good. They make some mental mistakes, yes. I mean, those things are correctable, and then we'll work on that. And some, you know, ball security issues. And again, you know, you know, you talk. We're down in the Bombers coaching room, and they have a, a piece how you hold the ball. And Coach Jose talks about all the time: wrist above elbow, wrist above elbow. As soon as your wrist yeah. drops below your elbow, the ball's exposed. And that's where we had fumble yesterday. It was the same thing. And you know, those are things we got to show them on the tape, and then go back in with you know boxing gloves and sticks and whacking at them and all kinds of stuff <laughs> to make sure. You know, when you get tired, that's what happens, right? Yeah. I mean, you just, so it's, yeah, so it's, we will, we'll learn some lessons from yes, 
you know, from yesterday, and then uh, we get to play the Saskatoon Hilltops this week, so it's pretty exciting. Yeah, Jordy Wilson, the head coach of the Winnipeg Rifles, off to a 1-0 start. Uh, Saskatoon coming off a 50-2 beat down over the Edmonton yep. Wildcats. Uh, Regina, who uh, went all the way to the final before losing to uh, Okanagan last year, uh, defeated the Calgary Colts 36-20. to So there you are with Saskatoon and Regina. And as you mentioned, you've got the Hilltops uh, uh, coming in. Uh, uh, and I and I don't imagine they've forgotten August 28th of last year either, Coach. Oh, no. I and, mean, you know, I, I'm for sure they have. And, I mean, the game we, we lost to them in Saskatoon came right down to the last yeah. seconds, too. So, it's uh, no, the, you know what? The big thing is they have expectations, and I believe our guys are getting to that point now. Like, when you're in the game, like, respect your opponent, expect to win. And that's how they've always been. And they expect to win, right? And, and again, we'll go into that same mindset, too. We're going to respect our opponent because they're a great football program. But we're going to go in expecting to win, and we're going to prepare to win. And, uh, yeah, we actually, I love playing these guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, they're, they're a great football program. They're coached well. It's an intense. But it's it's not nothing cheap. There's nothing dirty about it. There there it's just it'll be a physical, fantastic football game. So we're we're looking forward to the challenge. And uh, honestly, like I we finished the tapes today, and you know we're getting ready now for Saskatoon. So yeah, things are looking up. What times kickoff? Co- what times kickoff, coach? And can people get? Uh, uh, do they do they have to buy tickets in advance, or can they just pay admission at the gate? They can pay at the gate. But Kelly, one correction here. So our our brand new field, unfortunately, field turf is not going to have it completed. It's so we're going to be playing at East Side this week. Okay, at East Side. Yeah, we're going to yeah, I, one o'clock. One o'clock at East Side, and the reason being, that the turf field will not be ready until next Wednesday. Apparently. Okay, so, I'm glad you so, corrected yeah, that. So unfortunately, we cannot play at you know the brand new field, but that's all right. We'll uh, we'll save it for a few weeks down the road. But uh, and also on a positive note, we played Saskatoon and beat them at East Side last year. Okay, so, <laughs> so it, maybe it's good omen. So it's all right. <laughs> there you go. Hey, coach, thanks a bunch for this. Congrats yeah. on the win and we'll certainly look forward to uh talking with you next week following the saskatoon game appreciate it kelly you have a great night you as well jordy wilson head coach of the winnipeg rifles kicking things off here on the 680 cjob sports show if you happen to be watching the national bank open last tuesday uh in the men's drop in toronto you would have watched gabriel diallo knock off uh, Daniel Evans, who was just coming off a victory in the D.C. Open in Washington. And Gabriel is in Winnipeg this week to compete in the National Challenger and joins us now. Hi, Gabriel. How you doing, man? Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I'll tell you what. It is an absolute pleasure. I, I have to say, Gabriel, watching that match last week, pretty much from start to finish, I was uh, kind of bopping back and forth with the, with the Jays game uh, against Baltimore. But when when that shot by Evans sailed wide and you had clinched the match in straight sets, uh, it's one of those magic shots. The sheer joy on your face uh, for that victory, uh, I think, pretty much said it all. Uh, Have you come down off of that cloud yet? Uh, Obviously, uh, I didn't have time to celebrate the win too much because uh, I had a match the next day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, on the... On, the, on that forehand miss by Dan Evans, I think it was uh, maybe one of the best moments of my life. Um, a lot of hard work was uh, put behind the, behind that match, and uh, the fact that my first uh, ATP Tour level win was uh, was here uh, in Toronto, in Canada, uh, it made it all sweeter. And uh, 
like I said, I hope that this can be the start of something. And in terms of coming down to the cloud, I think that I can use that week as a good momentum to progress in the future for the upcoming events like uh, here in Winnipeg or next week uh, at the U.S. Open. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about the other great bit of news uh, from earlier today. Uh, but uh, just in terms of that confidence that you have now, yes, you lost in straight sets uh, to Alex de Menard in the second round, but he went all the way to the final. Uh, so you have to feel, I would think, Gabriel, that you, that you're you're moving in the right direction. Maybe not quite there yet, but certainly making progress. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure, making progress. Uh, you know, and when, when I lost that match, I was a, uh, I was uh, maybe a little bit upset. I wish the the run uh, went on a little bit longer, but I mean, I couldn't be I couldn't be more proud of myself uh, from the way that I competed on that day. And I thought that Alex competed really well and. You know, it was only a matter of time until uh, he had one of those big results. Uh, he's been playing really good tennis at a really consistent level. And uh, I think that I can be proud also that, you know, I, I lost to the guy that, you know, made it to the final. And, uh, well, he didn't have an easy easy way uh, until that. And, uh, yeah. Well, you know, you have been able to uh, check off a few of the boxes that you uh, wanted to accomplish. I think uh, last year, if memory serves correct, uh, you uh, went into a, a tournament in um, on this uh, circuit the, uh, that the uh, Winnipeg National Bank uh, Challenger is on in Granby, uh, wanting to uh, crack the top 500. Boy, have you done that and then some <laughs> since then. You won that tournament in Granby. And if I, I think I'm, I have the uh, up-to-date numbers, uh, a number 134 ranking right now as we speak? Yes, exactly. Wow. That's cracking the top 500. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, like I, yeah, like I said last summer, I thought that if I could end the summer, uh, you know, top five hundred, going back to school, I think it would have been a great summer. And uh, well, luckily and thankfully, things went a little bit quicker than than uh, than anticipated. But uh, yeah, you know, the progress in my in my game, and of course, in the results, have been have been pretty. Uh, going forward, uh, going in the right direction, so I really I cannot complain about uh, about the progress. If you're just joining us, Gabriel Diallo of Montreal is our guest, uh, soon to be 22 year old Gabriel Diallo. Uh, so I'm kind of interested, Gabriel. Uh, uh, was tennis always going to be the chosen sport? I mean, you are a big man at six eight and just a touch under 200 pounds. I don't know if you competed in any other sports. Uh, uh, so tell us a little bit about the uh, journey that you took to get where you are today. Uh, well, it was, it was definitely a long journey. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I started off, you know, playing many different sports when I was really young, uh, four or five. Yeah. I played tennis. Uh, I did a little bit of track, did gymnastics, uh, played handball. And, uh, the, the, the two sports that really stuck, stuck with me were tennis and handball which I played until I was, I believe, 12 or 13. And then eventually I had to I had to put all my eggs in one basket and uh, I decided to play tennis because uh, I thought handball was a little bit too physical for my, <laughs> for my liking. But, uh, yeah, and then stuck with tennis. But I always knew that I wanted, to, I wanted to play tennis. I always had big dreams of, you know, playing professional tennis when I was young. So I never really thought about being a professional handball player. I was just playing more for fun with my friends. 
but uh yeah always knew that tennis was going to be it for me and uh, uh it turned out to be a pretty good choice for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> it turned out to be a pretty good choice and tennis was also able to get me a high school degree was able to soon get me a college degree so you know tennis outside of the court brought me, brought me many things that i never thought i would uh, i would acquire Right. University of Kentucky is where you went. What made that school uh, your school of choice, uh, Gabriel? And and uh, you mentioned you're soon going to uh, obtain a, a college degree. What were you majoring in? Well, uh, I went into college majoring uh, in finance, which is what I'm going to graduate in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did three and a half years, so I'm missing uh, four classes, and then I'm going to have my college degree. And uh, what made me go to Kentucky? Um, well, the fact that First of all, the coach was a French. It made it all the transition easier for me and my family because, well, I could understand and speak English. My parents uh, had a little bit of difficulty with that. And, you know, the whole process we were extremely unfamiliar with because uh, none of my parents uh, played college sports or went to college in the States. And in Canada, well, at that time, it wasn't wasn't a lot of people that, that went to college. Uh, so... It made the whole process a little bit easier. And then, you know, once I took my visit and then I got to meet the the guys on the team and got to know more uh, the head coach, Cedric Kaufman, and the assistant, Matt Gordon, I think that the the choice was pretty pretty obvious. And uh, I can't say that uh, the three and a half years were easy. There was, uh, you know, some difficult moments, maybe where I wasn't playing my best or when we weren't playing uh, our best as a team. But uh, with a lot of hard work, we were both – to accomplish many great things, and I think that's why Kentucky, in my biased opinion, is the best program in the country. Well, at, uh, and again, <laughs> who could argue uh, with your thought process on that? Gabriel Diallo of Montreal with us for a couple more minutes in Winnipeg uh, to compete in the uh, National Bank Challenger, uh, which is underway. Uh, just before we get to the tournament and your opponent tomorrow morning, uh, Gabriel, the other bit of good news was earlier today when Tennis Canada announced the Davis Cup 2023 team that will compete in Italy in group stage. And yourself and uh, Alexis Delarno, who uh, lost his match earlier today, uh, will join Denis Shapovalov and Vashik Pospisil uh, in that competition. You must be just jacked uh, to uh, uh, be part of that again after playing for Canada in 2022. Yeah, of course. You know, super, super happy to, to have got uh, selected to represent my country. It's always it's always a big deal, I think, for, for tennis players to be able to represent uh, their country. And, uh, yeah, when I got the call, uh, I was extremely grateful. And, uh, of course, I was going to free up a part of my calendar to, to, to go to Italy. And I think we can play some, some good tennis. Uh, the group that was selected is you know, a lot of firepower. So um, we're going to have some, some tough matches. Obviously, we don't have an easy box. Well, no, no box, I think, at that, at that stage is easy. But uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can go there and uh, execute and perform uh, like we need to. Yeah, for sure. Uh, tomorrow, you will play your first match here in Winnipeg this year. Uh, Enzo Kuakad, a 28-year-old from Meridius. Uh, uh, do you know him at all? Have you crossed paths with him uh, on your tennis uh, travels uh, yet, uh, Gabriel? Yeah, we, we played uh, we played a couple times already in, in the last uh, maybe eight months. Uh, so I'm familiar with the player. Uh, he's a great player, qualified for, I believe, Almost all the slams, but you know he's uh, he's, he's going to be tricky, uh, especially 
coming off a great run at Wimbledon. So hopefully I can play a good match and uh, and perform and execute like I need to. How did it go in those other matches you were talking about? Luckily, I was able to to come out victorious. But uh, you know, in tennis, uh, it's not because you win the last time that you're going to win the next one. We've seen a lot of times where guys win one and then lose the next one. So. It's great that I, at least I got to play him, so I'm familiar with the player, but I don't think that those wins in the past guarantee anything in the future. Uh, players adapt and player, players change and progress, sometimes on an extremely high rate. So, yeah, it's good that, that I got to play him in the past, but I'm not going to... Yeah, the I'm past is the past, knowing. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to play knowing that I won the last time or whatnot. Every match is a new match, and every match is a new opportunity for both of us. Well, I certainly hope the match is scheduled to start at 10 o'clock. I think, is that still what your timetable is calling for as well, Gabriel? Yes, yeah. exactly, yes. Yeah. So 10 o'clock, you'll have a chance, uh, if you're listening, to watch a member of Canada's Davis Cup 2023 team uh, compete at the uh, National Bank Challenger here in Winnipeg at the brand-new Tennis Hub, uh, West St. Paul. Gabriel, thank you so much for doing this, and uh, all the best of luck in your match against Enzo tomorrow. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you uh, having me on the on here, and uh, thank you very much. Yeah, The pleasure was all ours, for sure, Mr. Diallo. It will be hard, I would think, for the Winnipeg Sea Bears uh, to come up with an encore after what they accomplished in their expansion season. The gentleman on the telephone will probably disagree heartily with me. He's the president of the Sea Bears. His name's Jason uh, Smith. And Jason, thanks so much for coming on the uh, sports show tonight. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. And I, I'm thinking that uh, you say, hey, you know what, Encore, we can handle that. Uh, but uh, uh, just before we talk about 2024, Jason, have you allowed yourself to look back uh, uh, fondly on, on what this franchise was able to accomplish uh, in its first year of operation? You know, I have actually. It's funny you mentioned that because I was literally just saying something today how we were out in uh, Vancouver for championship weekend. And it didn't really dawn on me until uh, yesterday as it all came to a close with the final game, how we uh, made it through the first season. Uh, it really was, we announced that the team was coming here on November 30th and between then and May 27th put together uh, staff and uh, coaching staff and brought players in. And so it was admittedly a bit of a whirlwind. So uh, yeah, so we just started uh, letting the dust settle a bit super happy with how everything went obviously and the support from the city and yeah it's just been a really great year for us i'm not sure what the expectation was uh, jason for uh you know from a fan perspective uh, but would it be accurate to say that winnipeg fans far exceeded their your expectations with their support of your basketball team yeah absolutely it was uh uh 100%. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. We were not. Expe- we obviously hoped that Winnipeg is such a great basketball community, and uh, we had high, um, high hopes for what would happen here. But I, yes, of course, we'd never expected that people would be as all in and supportive as they were. It was really amazing uh, to watch everybody come together and uh, rally behind us. And yeah, we were just really humbled by the whole thing and and appreciative of everybody's um, time and energy 
uh, not even just the fans were amazing, but everybody that, uh, you know, True North and Canada Life and uh, the new, we had a new cheer team this year. We had a new mascot. We just had all new people <laughs> and everybody just uh, rallied around and uh, just made for such an amazing time for us this year. Well, just to provide a little context for just how successful it was here in Winnipeg, and this these numbers don't even include the 10,580 who packed into Canada Life Center for that play-in game against the Edmonton Stingers. Uh, but, uh, Jason, your, your franchise, and you know these numbers, uh, uh, averaged just under 5,500 fans per game. That was almost twice the league average. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think that pretty much says it all right there, doesn't it? It does, you know, and uh, I think we had seven of the 10 games we played, seven of them were league record attendance as well. So, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was just such a fun ride. And we're, uh, I think you mentioned in the intro there, the lead up that we're going to have a, a winter that will probably go by quicker than we hope. And we're going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to, uh, replicate and improve on what we did last year because we had a great time and I think Winnipeg and Manitoba fans had a good time and our goal is to try to uh, improve on that next year, obviously. So, Jason Smith, the president of the Winnipeg Sea Bears, with us here on the CJOB Sports Show. So uh, how do you do that, Jason? I mean, uh, everybody uh, who came to Canada Life Center has spoken to uh, many friends uh, who have said uh, they had no idea what to expect and came away thoroughly impressed. So you've set the bar awfully high. Uh, are, are there things, though, that uh, as you start to debrief that you feel, yeah, we can do that better. And, yeah, you know what, if we improve here, you know, this will make it even uh, more enjoyable for the fans. Have those discussions started to take place? Yeah, very high level at the moment, if I'm honest. Like, uh, as you mentioned, we we literally finished the season yesterday. Uh, we're just starting to kind of uh, – we started so quickly here. As I mentioned, some of the people that work for the Sea Bears, literally – I'm the longest-standing employee, and I started last October. Right. And uh, <laughs> we have some people that started in February, March, April. So uh, we've – you know, we're now gathering our thoughts and – putting them down on paper and uh, we're going to get together over the next several weeks and months to try to figure things out. I think in general, the goal is to uh, much of it, as you mentioned, was uh, successful in a way that we were not expecting. So I think we're just going to try to improve the processes, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously to try to get people in and out of the building. We saw some success with uh, um, some music performers and things like that. So we'll, we'll probably look at how do we improve pregame parties, halftime shows, those kinds of things. Uh, and obviously, uh, most important things, we'll try to improve the basketball team on the floor. We had a really good year, but uh, I think we lacked a little bit of depth here in our first year on the court. And uh, we noticed that we lost one of our players late uh, who left to join the Nigerian national team for the Olympic qualifiers. And uh, we struggled a bit there. So uh, the most important thing we'll try to do, obviously, is continue to improve the team and make sure that we're competitive next year again. But uh, yeah, it really is all, if I'm quite honest, it was all a bit of a whirlwind and we're uh, super excited to have an opportunity to sit down and look at this as we go into next year. 
Jason, you mentioned that you just arrived back home from Vancouver where the CEBL championship was held. Not even really in Vancouver uh, on the outskirts at the Langley Event Center. And even the awards were held in uh, uh, Pitt Meadows, uh, which is uh, also outside of Vancouver proper. Uh, uh, but as you take a look now, uh, one of the things uh, that uh, took place uh, during the lead up to the play in game was the announcement uh, of the $100,000 grant from the uh, provincial government uh, to help with a bid to host the 2025 CEBL championship. So I would imagine that's uh, high on the to-do list as well to get everything in order for that bid. When, uh, How long of a timeline do you have to put it together and when do you have to have it into the league by? Uh, so we've uh, got uh, interest from the province to support, which we very much appreciate. And uh, that allowed us to go to the league. For the first step is we needed to... Uh, uh, express our intentions to bid on the championship weekend in 25, which we've done. Uh, in uh, September, we'll put forward a formal proposal of what it is. They get a couple of months to look at it. Then we have an opportunity to go back in January, February, if required, to do a presentation, a more formal presentation. Uh, that's a long way around of saying that we'll get probably word that we are getting the championship or not by early next year. Um, and if we do that, it'll give us about 18 months to plan uh, for the event in um, 2025, which we're excited. It was really great to go to Vancouver, actually, to uh, have an opportunity to see all of the parts of the weekend and uh, take some notes, talk to some people, learn a little bit, and uh, give ourselves, uh, I think, a bit of an uh, opportunity as well to improve on what it is we're putting forward to the league. I feel pretty optimistic that we'll be successful because we had a great year and we have great fans and a great team hopefully by then but uh we'll see probably in the next four or five months well uh, whether we'll be successful or not i'm thinking uh, the late president mike morial will take a look at that the board of governors will see yeah, 10,580 for the play-in game. You can only imagine what would uh, be there for a semifinal. Uh, where do we sign? So <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's our hope, certainly. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. But we're, not ta- we're taking it seriously, uh, yes. making sure that we, uh, you know, you can't take any of these things for granted, obviously. Uh, but we're, uh, I would say, again, optimistic that has a new franchise that has done, has had a pretty successful first year that the league seems receptive to our bid. And uh, I would, I think we'll, uh, as I said, have a pretty good shot at getting it in 25. So. Well, Jason, again, uh, congratulations to you and that hardworking staff of yours. I'm not sure if everybody uh, uh, now kind of disperses, goes back to what they were doing, and then we'll reconvene uh, uh, when the new season starts again in May. But uh, what a terrific job uh, and what a source of pride you have provided for our uh, community and province. Well, that's, I very much appreciate you saying that. I have to say that we are, as I said, extremely flattered and humbled that people took the time and energy to come out to all of our games. We can't, couldn't be more appreciative. And, uh, uh, and it's kind of you to, as I said, have us on today. We're looking forward to next year and hopefully bigger and better things. All right. Well, we'll certainly look forward to that. That'll be something if you're able to to pull that off. Jason Smith, the president of the Winnipeg Sea Bears. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. 
Until we meet again. So long and thanks for all that they should. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.